um, Whore's Bath, I was gonna, I was like, oh, perfect, the product called Whore's Bath, and it could be like, the marketing could be kind of like, like the old school whores, since I'm so into Game of Thrones. Like, you know, just wipes that were, you know, you take to the gym and oh, you just- Whore's Bath, Whore's Bath, yeah. Yeah, and, but whoresbath.com was taken, so then that idea was like crushed for me, and I was like, fuck it, don't care. <laughs> Moving on. Oh my God, we need help. Hey everyone, this is Gina Tremarco, founder and sales trainer at Pivot 10 Results and Carolina Improv. Hey, this is Rachel and I'm a realtor and owner of The Closing Curve. And, and we, we are, are Women, <laughs> women Your Mother Warned, warned you, you about. about, the podcast that makes sales sexy again. We bring you a mashup of best business practices and life hacks, everything from mom challenges to how to show value in a sales conversation while wearing the best shade of lipstick. So buckle up for our next real, raw, relevant, and irreverent episode. <laughs> hey, Rachel. Hey, Gina. <laughs> How's it going today? Awesome. We're not together. I we're, mean, like physically, we're not in the same room. That's, that's okay. okay. We can see each other on video. <laughs> Should we tell people we're naked? Uh, well, I'm almost always naked if I okay. can help it. I mean, it's preferred. Well, I'm not naked today, but we were talk <laughs> we were talking about our bras and boobs earlier. Maybe we'll maybe that'll maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. Hey, um, we have a guy with us today. Can we please talk about the boobs? <laughs> uh, and there's the guy. <laughs> hey, Keith. Hey, Rachel. Hi, Keith Walters. Hello, Gina Tremarco. <laughs> That's tremarkable to you. Yes, it is tremarkable. <laughs> Uh, Keith, could you just give us a little like sexy introduction of yourself so uh, everyone who's listening knows who you are? Well, I'm Keith Walters, and I am on a quest to build great companies. And one of the great organizations that I really love is this thing called Women Your Mother Warned You About. Yeah, you do. So we love having Keith on the show with us because Keith is here to, I was, t- I was talking about Keith yesterday in my Vistage meeting. I'm like, I was talking about actually how similar Rachel and our my our personalities are from the culture index perspective and everybody kind of rolled their eyes because we talked about partnerships and how to make partnerships work really well and they they all said, "Oh, you guys are both alike." I'm like, "Oh, but we have Keith. Keith will ground us. Keith is a little bit the opposite of us." I don't yes. know about I disagree with the word ground. He will balance, help to balance us. <laughs> it's hard to ground girls like us. Keith? From this distance, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are all remote today. We're not all in the same room. We're all in three different locations. Uh, so Keith uh, likes to contribute. Well, we like to call it, that's what Keith said. So every now and then we, we let Keith get in a couple words. Hopefully... You know, he'll take charge when he needs to. <laughs> it's funny watching him on the video because he, he he blushes too. Like even on video, you can see him blush. Anyway, today I thought a fun topic would be mentorship because of the relationship between the three of us. And I think it's when we're talking about business and sales, it's also important to think about how mentorship is important from a selling perspective. But I thought this would be a really good introduction type of show for bringing Keith into the mix. Um, what do you guys think? Word. How do you feel about that? Like oh, it. I, I like the idea. Mentorship is one of my big hot topics. Why is that? <laughs> It's what I enjoy. It's one of the things I really enjoy doing is mentoring others. Well, and if you look at, and I spent the last probably five years studying anything I can get my hands on in terms of success, successful people, success in business, and you'll find that a common thread between all of the really big names that you think of when you think of success is that they all say you should get a mentor, you should get a coach, people who have 
walk the path before you to help you um, better succeed. It's always there. Yeah, and, and I think as you're doing that, you have to ask yourself, do you want a mentor or do you want a coach? Because there are two vastly different things. Um, and, I, you know, a lot of people use the term synonymously, but they're very different. Most people don't know where the word mentor comes from. And, um, and Ooh, once, I remember once you, you telling understand me where about the word this. mentor comes from, then it kind of helps, helps set the stage of what the difference is between a mentor and a coach. You know, if you think of, oh, Keith, Keith, tell us the story, Keith. So, mentor is a very widely used <laughs> word. Everybody knows the word, but nobody knows where it comes from. And that is the concept of mentor. There's this knowledge out there, but I'm not sure how it got to me. And so, there's an old story. It was written by a guy named Homer, and the story is the Iliad and the Odyssey. And the way the Iliad starts out is uh, Ulysses is. Um, being called to help Helen of Troy in the Trojan War. And he has just had a baby boy by the name of Telemachus. His wife, Helen, delivered it. And he has had a visit from the oracle that says, if you go to this war, you won't be home for 20 years. But he has fealty, and he has to go to the war. And so he has this brand-new baby boy, Telemachus, and he's worried about how will this baby boy grow up to be a strong man and so what he does is he goes and engages an old friend, an old man who goat herds in the hills to help guide Telemachus. And the name of that man is Mentor. And it is, you, it is the most commonly, it's not the most, but one of the most common words when you get into leadership is the word mentor, but nobody knows where it came from. And if you think about having read the book, The Old and the Odyssey, you may totally forget you about this character mentor. And that's the kind of the aspect of a mentor is they're in the background. They're not telling you what to do. They're, they're, they're showing you life. They're showing you different ways, but you have to make your own decisions. Whereas a coach is going to say, go out and do this, do it this way. A mentor is going to be more of, these are the avenues you have. Here's some wisdom along with it. Now you have to go and become your own person. Super cool. So the mentor is more of a guide? The mentor is more of a guide. It's somebody who, and it's a guide kind of from the back, if you will. A guide saying you have that path to go down or you have that path to go down. If you go down that path, these are some things to expect. And if you go down that path, the other path, there's some other things to expect. I'm not going to tell you what path mm. to go down. You, so it's hmm. like a tour, I just had a visual of like a tour guide, like, you're at Disney and you're asking for directions. And speaking of directions, who who takes mentorship better, men or women? That's a really good question. Um, from my experience, um, women do. Um, and I would be hard. I have to. I'll have to. That's a great question. I'll have to think about why that might be. Hmm. And do they I just, do I, better? Do do women do better with a mentor or with a woman mentor, like a um, female mentor? <laughs> That's a totally different angle too. Whoa, mentor. A whoa, mentor. <laughs> oh, I feel a domain name purchase coming on. That's a yeah, it's a great great question. I think what you mentioned though, Rachel, is that so many successful people have mentors in their background it's it's such a common thread i can think of mentors in my background both female and male and how much influence and impact they've had but they definitely weren't coaches well and another aspect of mentorship can be indirectly too i have a few people that I've followed for years and I read every book and I listen to every everything that they do and I take them even though they don't know it these specific people I take them that's as mentors a great that's a great point they are mentors because they're in the background they're influencing you helping you make the best decisions yeah versus the versus the coach that's gonna so here's a good segue. So Rachel and I, as if you listen to the intro, the very first podcast we recorded, 
Rachel and I came together in a coaching capacity, me coaching her from a coach. So that's how we got started. Yep. Gina was my coach. She definitely told me what to do. And I, sometimes I did it. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's, um, they're, they're, that's just a different role and it's a very important role and, you know, a different role, kind of similar role that you could bring into the mix would be an instructor. Um, you know, they're just different levels mm-hmm. of imparting knowledge from somebody else and more active versus less active and at different stages for different things. I think everybody needs different, you know, the mix of those. Yeah, you know, I always, one of the struggles. Sorry, go ahead, Gina. I would say one of the struggles that I had uh, when I was spending a lot of time from a business coaching perspective, when that was a big revenue stream in our business, I preferred, I think, to be more of a what was what's called the truth guide. Actually, I'd, I had certified in this other program, like uh, the Marketing Alignment Grid, and it breaks down the type of personality you have. And my personality was more of a truth guide personality that guides people to the next place because I, I, you don't really, unless you're in their shoes, I guess I wasn't as comfortable, believe it or not, Rachel, you might not believe this in saying, this is what you must do, which getting back to what a coach does, I would rather guide you along the way based on you're going to make the best decision for you. That's really not my place to tell you what to do, but that it's just a different philosophy. So I think that's where I sometimes got uncomfortable as a business coach because you know yourself better than I do. Right, and everything changes too. I mean, I I believe in having mentors and coaches at all times. I've got a business coach right now in my real estate business, and I also have a fitness coach in and I have been a fitness trainer it was one of my businesses for a while for like 20 years. So people ask me, well, why do you have a, why did you hire a fitness coach when you know what to do? And the reason is is that I don't want to have to think about what to do in terms of my fitness. I want someone to guide me. And so he, this particular fitness coach, his name is Rick Katoof. He's really amazing. He's super intense like me. (laughs) And, um, he, he sends me programs and I do the program to the best of my ability, and I love it because I didn't have to think of it. I just do what's next. And um, but yet yesterday I couldn't work out because work just got in the way, and I didn't work out. So sometimes you're being told what you must do or what you should do, but that doesn't mean always that it comes to pass. But someone's there what? to guide you and get you back on track. Yeah, I guess, I guess you know I've been in those situations where I think. I- I don't know about Keith. I'd love to hear Keith's perspective on this. There have been moments through my business path of growing a business where I want someone to tell me what to do because I'm a little bit lost on the path. And if you just tell me what I should be doing to get to the next step, give me that structure and that agenda. And I'm going to, if I know that's where that's going to help me get to the most success, I want to be told what to do. In certain situations. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to look at how individual wiring and whether it's individual or gender-based or what kind of come into play. But for some people, coaching is going to be more powerful for them than mentoring and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a harder time with coaching because I don't like to be told what to do. And so if you tell me to do something, I'll probably not do it. So, or I'll, I'll challenge you to see if there's a better way to do it. Um, so for me, coaching, mentoring works better for me than coaching. Um, but that's just my style. So it may be something for people to think about if they have a coach or if they have a mentor and it's not working for them, is it, is it what they need for their style? Um, you know, Rachel, you said you, 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 in those situations, you want somebody to tell you what to do. Well, that's perfect from a coaching perspective, but you know, for somebody like me, if I had a coach, um, it probably, the relationship probably wouldn't go well. And if I might think it's the person, the coach themselves, but it may not be, it may be that I'm not a receiver of coaching. Well, have you ever had a female coach? Uh, yes, I have. How'd that go? <laughs> that actually went really well, but that was a multi-level arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
What were the what were the levels? Well, listen, uh, I actually had a, a very strong life coach when I was in college, who was a female. Uh huh. Okay. Who, then I also <laughs> had a relationship life- with. <laughs> yeah, that's what okay. We're, that's where we're. There, that's yeah. there. It is. There well, it is. Life coach is um, that's a definitely an interesting phenomenon. Let's call it that has become a huge deal for people in the last few years. I don't think life coaches have been a big deal for people for a long, long time. But like, I mean, there's so many different aspects of life coach, like as opposed to therapist or, you know, and other mm-hmm. stuff like, I don't know, a life coach would have their work cut out for them if I had a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> I would not want that responsibility. (laughs) No. (laughs) Speaking of levels. (laughs) There's there's a new term um, that they're they're, they're changing because I have a previous client. Well, she's still an occasional client. She comes to some of my business retreats. She's a life coach. And she just asked me, she's like, you know, the new term is lifestyle coach. Should I change to lifestyle coach? And that was my guttural reaction was as a coach. I said, no. I'm like, people are already confused enough about what a life coach is. Now you're going to go to lifestyle coach and now you're going to have to explain that. I'm like, so when someone's like, well, what's the difference between life and lifestyle coach? I'm like, it's already confusing. So I guess I wasn't really very mentoring in that moment. I was very like, I had just a visceral reaction to what the hell is a lifestyle coach? Yeah, I bet there's a... a if you really look that up, there's probably so many different ones, like different aspects. When you say lifestyle coach, I'm, I think of like fancy cars and like lifestyle. But then at the same I th- time, I, th- I think of sexual lifestyle. I don't know why. There's <laughs> something wrong with me. I don't, of course you do. <laughs> just, I'm glad I it wasn't know. me this time. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Keith. If anybody, stupid, nobody could see the video. He's like, he just Wait, put a pen in his mouth. Why did just you to, put? Why did you think lifestyle coach? <laughs> make? Why does know. it make you think of sex? Like it's a lifestyle choice. Yeah, I don't all know. the conversation I don't know. in the like, media recently about lifestyle and your lifestyle choice and so forth. Maybe that's, that's kinda, it. It's exactly maybe that's where it. I went. Like maybe that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this podcast, this would be the first time probably in history that I, my brain didn't go first to sex at all, as a matter of fact. So, awesome. <laughs> well, I can see how you would go to, like, lifestyle, like, lives, lives of the rich and famous. Yeah. Like, I want a lifestyle. I want People have a lifestyle mm-hmm. business. Those are the people that design their businesses around a certain lifestyle. Well, they may so have a I healthy lifestyle a- versus an unhealthy lifestyle. So there's a lot right. of different ways. But I agree with you, yeah. Gina. That That's just confusing. I mean, there's enough confusion around coach versus mentor. And then when you start segmenting it even more in different ways, wow. Yeah. But I think, you know, continue, yeah. you know, people who are really interested in continuous learning – they need to surround themselves with people who can at sometimes be maybe some people who can be their instructor, some people who can be their coach, some people who can be their mentor. Some people can, or some of those folks might be able to move from one position to the other, but having those folks around you that you, that you trust in those roles, so powerful. Well, that brings us, that brings us to, so we, everybody knows the relationship between Rachel and I and how we got connected and we went from coach-client relationship to friends to business partners. And then there's the Keith-Gina relationship um, that came through the Pivotal Leader podcast. So Keith, for people who are listening to this for the first time and getting to know Keith, Keith and I got connected through the Pivotal Leader, so... He was a guest on The Pivotal Leader where we interview CEOs, thought leaders, presidents, owners of companies to get best practices in their organizations and in moving their cultures and inspiring their, inspiring their team. So Keith and I got on this interview and similar to the banter between the three of us, I think we hit it off so quickly that we spent more time talking before the recording. And I was like, shit, we should record this because... 
we've been talking forever and we hadn't recorded and then we recorded and I felt I felt a, a, a really good connection and I love being able to talk to smart people um, that are going to teach me things. So Keith was open to like talking to me again. So I was very excited about that. And so we created a had a re, created this friendship relationship over which is like a couple years now. It's like two years. It is. It's it's actually almost three. Is it our? Why do we have an anniversary coming up? <laughs> Am I getting a present? No. <laughs> I'm here for what? you. <laughs> so so I have I've I've really come to appreciate Keith as a mentor and advisor and now partner. Uh, but I, that, but that's how I've already, you know, I've seen you, Keith, is that I can bounce things off of you. And because you know my personality so well, which is identical to Rachel's, as we now know, as a mosquito chugging Red Bull, we know that I have, you know, lots of crazy ideas. So what I really appreciate about Keith is that I'm like, I know I can call Keith and be like, here's an idea. And he will just silently just sit there and listen and ponder because he's the philosopher and then give me his two cents. So I kind of like bouncing things off of Keith because he will tell me if I'm crazy. I still may do it, but at least it validates whether or not I'm crazy. And I appreciate that. Well, thank you. You know, the, it's, it was an interesting start to our relationship. We were communicating and going through this mentorship communication and actually got a fairly good partnership and never met in person right? until about a year or a year and a half after we had started working together. Yeah. It was like, and so that just goes toward, you don't, you don't really have to have the person in the room. True. It's kind of like this online dating thing. And then we got together and we wanted to make sure we didn't catfish each other. <laughs> well, what's really interesting in today's world is that you can have relationships with people and develop business relationships and personal relationships without ever getting face to face. I think it really comes down to actually knowing that person like they and they say a lot of things but they say to surround yourself with people that lift you up and you know push you and challenge you and the the type of people you want to become and all that and people around you can give you good advice but really people who know you and know your personality as you mentioned Gina that Keith knows how you are he's studied your culture index he knows where you're coming from he probably knows some things about your personal life and so that way he has a more objective opinion on your ideas and your your thought process and things going on in your life rather than just the people around you who might not know all those levels yeah. of of who you are. Right. I think what's nice too is that because of that personality background, that assessment piece of it of understanding how people tick, right? Our personalities, Rachel and I, because we're like twins, right? We're a little more impatient. A little more emotional. We're twins on many things, just not boob size. <laughs> just not boob size. Mine are very big. Yours, you cannot. You can move yours. What is? What can Mine you are do? not very big. Right, but you can move them. Right. <laughs> a little. I work out a lot. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we digress. We knew boobs would get in here somehow. They always do. <laughs> but even. Got a flex. That was yes, a flex. Flex. flex not move. You can I flex. can't move them. I can yeah. flex. <laughs> you can flex your boobs. I can't. Um, and apparently Keith can flex his too, from what we've learned. So, but he, let's be clear: he doesn't have man boobs, but yes, he can he does not flex his um, pectorals. <laughs> You hesitated so long. I was worried what you were going to say. I was thinking of the word, the right word, the anatomically correct, you know, word. For people who don't understand this conversation, when we when we first got on to record, and we're on we're on a Zoom video, so we can see each other. Keith appeared shirtless, and I was like, "Are you naked? <laughs> like, why are you showing up naked?" I'm already easily distracted. Um, this is good mentorship. My mentor shows up naked. Um, 
So, <laughs> Rachel, you didn't get the memo. You're supposed to show hey, up. Anyway. I, part of my, my uh, goals in life is to look good naked. So, you know, it's important. Okay. And, and nakedness is not shameful. It's amazing. It's beautiful. I Yay. agree. I agree. I'm all for the naked. I'm naked right now. Um, so... <laughs> Back to mentorship. Uh, oh, 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 so this is what I was saying. I just went off on a shiny tangent. Because of our relationship between Rachel and I, because we had a coaching relationship, I also really know Rachel's personality, what triggers her, what ticks, how she works. And there are moments where she has moments. And I know how to ebb and flow with her because I know like, what makes her tick. And I think that's important in general to understand from an emotional intelligence standpoint, what makes people tick. And now working together, she, she knows my stuff too. Like I, I called you a couple nights ago, having a breakdown from my hotel room in Atlanta. I'm like, I'm like, I can call Rachel. She'll understand my meltdown. I was like crying. I think I was crying even. Um, I'm still sort of homeless. <laughs> I don't know where I'll be living at some point. I mean, right now I'm not homeless, but I will be homeless soon. Nah. Um, if if anybody would like to take me in. Transitioning. Well, yeah, I'm transitioning. You, transitioning. We can call, it's, I think it's really important for women to have, and I don't know if guys are like this, and Keith, maybe you can um, chime in on this, but I think it's so important for women to have a, another woman, at least one, to be able to call when you're having a meltdown, when you're having a little crying fest, or like I had the other day with Gina, I had, I was having a different sort of meltdown. It was a, it was an f bomb word. I, I actually was pulling out some rarely used swear words because I was just hadn't eaten, was overwhelmed. Oh yeah, you like, were. I was ornery. Yeah, I was foul. You were foul. <laughs> Yes. But I understood it because yeah. I've been there. You were the right person to talk to. And I knew that you wouldn't get off the phone with me and be like, whoa, that bitch is crazy. You'd be like, eh, hopefully she gets some food soon, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting, too, because part of, you know, I think mentoring or coaching, advising, helping people solve problems is in the listening. And if, if you listen well enough, and I want to kind of tie this into sales since we do talk about say we don't just get irreverent the whole time listening is so important to finding solutions for people and you already kind of know what solutions you need you just maybe don't know how to articulate it in general and you you several times had said and I haven't eaten yet today and that's probably what the problem is I probably need to eat and like you said it like five times I'm like all right go freaking eat like if you eat that'll probably and like and for me when i melted down the other night um it's because it was enough i was tired so i i i will melt down from being tired because i had traveled all day it was the first time traveling with my broken wrist i made the mistake of driving in atlanta which was stupid and by the end and i got lost and my phone died and i got to the hotel and they didn't have a reservation for me and my hand was in so much pain and then I got some bad news. So by the time I got the bad news, I was a hot mess. And I said, you know what? I have people I can call to get me through this. And so you have to be coachable as well. You have to be willing to like reach out, raise your hand and say, I need help with something. Can someone help me? So, you know, having, having the right people to be able to call in the right situation, Gina is so powerful. And if you don't have an avenue to get those energies out, then they just get stuck in your head and just kind of feed on themselves. So being able to reach out and release that energy is as powerful as can be. And, and it's got to be the right person for the right situation. So, you know, when we use the term, you know, from, as a, from a, a man's point of view and, and, you know, the sports analogies always come up, but, you know, if you think about the word coach, you know, one of the most visible, um, images that comes to mind is the football coach putting their fingers into the helmet of a football player and just kind of giving them just that direct, this is what you're going to do. Or what was it? What was the movie with Sandra Bullock where she grabs the guy's face mask, you know, where the football player just grabs his face mask and tell him to me, that's coaching. Um, that's, 
this is exactly what you're going to do. And sometimes you need that because your energies are just circling so much that you can't, you can't think. You just need direction. Once you start going in a direction, then you can start thinking. But So let's talk a little bit about how this translates to, to sales and working with clients and prospects, the role of mentorship in the selling process, in the buyer's journey. What are your thoughts, um, either one of you who wants to go first and talk about this a little bit? Well, I definitely, as a realtor, I'm a coach and a mentor, probably more of a coach through the home buying process with my clients because I think I've mentioned before in other podcasts that most people, unless they're investors and they purchase property, often they haven't bought a house in a while, they aren't sure what the next steps are, and they sometimes just need to be told really directly, go do this. We're not doing, we're not going to see property until you've talked to your lender and stuff like that, that they just don't know. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think in terms of leading sales teams and having sales teams work for me, um, it seems that I, I do more active coaching with sales than I do with any other role in the organization. And it has to do with, I think, sales is so in the moment and you're dealing with so many challenges such as, you know, the constant negatives, the constant rejections, um, the challenges of trying to get a hold of somebody. And so the, the short-term reinforcement of coaching, I think, is really necessary and powerful in sales. There are times when mentorship comes in. Oftentimes, that is going to be more when you're, from my, from my background, it's when a salesperson is working on an active deal and just trying to strategize how to, different ways to approach the deal. But in the day-to-day of the nitty-gritty sales uh, that I'm used to, which is get on the phone, make the phone calls, get conversations, get people, get on the demonstrations, go out and meet people. Um, that's an area where I think active coaching is really powerful because it's constant reinforcement is needed to handle mm-hmm. the, the constant rejection that you have to deal with. So coaching versus mentoring when you're working with a specifically with a yes. sales team. How about with clients and prospects because here's my thought with clients and prospects when I'm in the sales process with a potential buyer I believe that I I like to approach it from a a mentor point of view as the seller because I'm trying to help them I'm trying to help guide them to a solution and I'm trying to help them realize maybe a problem that they have or that a solution that we can offer them to fix that problem without coming from a coach mentality of saying, I mean, there's some salespeople that say you need to buy this, you need to do this. And they're coming from a coaching perspective versus a kind of servant mindset. Any thoughts on that? I think, I think that some of those powerful salespeople are able to switch effect, read uh, through emotional intelligence and switch effectively between the role of mentor and the role of coach. And I think early in the sales cycle, in the in the building the relationship, that's more of a mentor. And a good you know a good mentor is going to ask some powerful questions, Gina, of their. <laughs> <laughs> and so, get, oh, here we go. <laughs> getting getting their getting the prospect into the place where they're receptive where they're learning where they're accepting the salesperson as as a knowledgeable expert but then sometimes as you're getting closer to the close itself moving into the coaching can move the close along and so i think a really good salesperson mm-hmm. understands the difference between the two and knows when to make that shift uh, between the two and i would say that that mentoring is a little bit more potentially strategically viewed whereas coaching is a little bit more tactically viewed so you know how mm-hmm. do you how do you move between the two in the sales cycle yeah, and I think you have to be careful with that too because some people can perceive the tactical coaching as um, a pushy, aggressive form 
of of pushing yes. the sale. And I think you have to you have to read your prospect and know what style of person is your prospect and what are they more receptive to. Right, right. Rachel, what do you think? I was just thinking of it in terms of comparing realtors and real estate agents interacting together to try to make the deal happen. Mm-hmm. Because I can think of specific examples right now that I've got some buyers who made an offer on a property. It was kind of a low offer. Um, and the other agent came back and wants a better offer. So the sellers want a better offer. So they're pushing us to make another offer. And this is from one of the more pushy real estate firms in town who shall remain nameless. And um, that, so that's more of like coming from that tactical aspect of like, hey, pushing the sale. But there's also agents that I work with that I have great respect for that they're of the same mindset as I am as I'm not going to push a client in a direction they don't want to go just to make a sale. And there's a lot of real estate agents that will push push really hard because, you know, it's commission-based. They just want to make the sale. It doesn't really matter to them what the client wants. They're just looking at sales tactics as getting the deal closed. But I always come from a place of really wanting to get that buyer what they really, really want because the end goal is that they're happy and they tell a lot of people how great I was at getting them what they really want rather than just forcing them into a property they don't really want. And they're not going to do it. It's a huge where they and they might end up with buyer's remorse, which is going to hurt you in the right. long run. Well, one one of the other things to look at is the experience level of the buyer. For a less experienced buyer, you probably will need to get into some coaching mm-hmm. so they understand, yeah, um, what to look for, uh, what they what they should do, and hopefully you're doing it in an ethical way. But uh, an inexperienced buyer may not know what to do. They may need guidance in the buying process. So that's a really, that's a really good point. I think about my early days as a media buyer and I really didn't, there's, there's a scary process to that as a buyer too, because buying and selling are both very emotional um, actions. There's a fear behind, am I, am I making a mistake in my buying? Because I could lose my job, I could get in trouble, I could hurt the company. And if I'm inexperienced at buying something, it's going to be harder for me to make a, to make a decision. Yeah, and it could be an inexperienced buyer or it could be a buyer who's experienced but in an inexperienced area. Um, one of the, one mm-hmm. of the uh, person I work with is um, leading fundraising for a, a group that raises money for children who have expensive medical um, challenges and trying to expand that uh, program into new areas here in Dallas, for example, and having challenges. They have great relationship, make a lot of inroads with some wealthy people who are very interested in helping out, but not getting any, um, any real immediate support. And, you know, one of the questions I asked was, have you, have you asked for a specific donation and they haven't done that yet? And I think, you know, one of the challenges, the, the quote buyer in this case, which would be somebody who's donating money, they don't know, are they, are they being looked at to donate a thousand dollars, $10,000, a hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars. And they, they don't really understand that frame. So the coaching is create the framework that is just put something out there as opposed to having it more nebulous. And so the coaching in that case would be, you know, coaching your buyer of, of, you know, a very powerful donation that would help us get going would be this amount. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a, there's a fine line between coaching and mentoring. So I think the bottom line is, is understanding who your buyer is and what they need and that requires you to build a really good relationship and listen. And power questions are very important. Yes, they are. As long as, <laughs> as for people who don't know this, Keith and I, every now and then, we'll have this little inside joke about our feel on, well, we both believe in power questions. It's not that I don't believe in them. I just have this philosophy of like, don't ask too many questions that creates a sense of interrogation. So my attitude is shut up and make money. 
every now and then that what Tina just said that every now and then she and Keith get into this debate. I would like to qualify that, that it's every time we all get together, it comes up. So we probably should have an entire podcast on that topic. I think we will be having an entire episode on power questions. (laughs) So from a sales and, you know, sales and marketing, of course, we've discussed are two different things. But from a from a marketing standpoint of trying to get buyers into your pipeline, I was just thinking what I like to do is to be a mentor in my field. So I position myself in my marketing as a mentor I just I have a series of videos that I like to do that that discusses the sales process in real estate so that people can understand a little bit better what's going on and educate them so that they feel like they're a little more in control. And that's where the closing curve came from is to try to help people be a little bit more in control of their sales process. But when Mm -hmm. I position myself as a mentor and put out content that's helpful to my buyers, I always get business because then people feel like they already trust me. And then I can shift into be, being actually their real estate agent and being their coach. Yeah. Because you're guiding them and you're coming to them of service and to provide them help and not to slam them into a sale. I try. <laughs> I think that's a really good, uh, really good example because you're creating an informed buyer, which is a more powerful buyer, and that is a mentoring, that is a mentoring role to, in, to to create the knowledge in the buyer, so that when they do make the good decision, they don't have buyer's remorse. They're making the right decision for themselves. You can move into coaching to get them to make that decision, but the the marketing mentorship, if you will, of creating an informed buyer, really powerful in a sales cycle. I think a lot of people forget to go through that process in the sales cycle. Mm-hmm. I think Rachel hit on this earlier about mentors who maybe are not direct mentors to you, but there are mentors that maybe it's books that you read of people that you admire um, that motivate you and inspire you. And I think another thing that we have to keep in mind as sellers specifically is that oftentimes people are watching you. They're watching your moves. They're, they're, they're engaging with you on social media. They, They might follow you and you don't even realize it. And then out of nowhere, all of a sudden, they reach out to you because they've watched you long enough that they believe in you and now they're interested in working with you. And so the sale comes to you. You're not going to the sale. Kind of like what Rachel was talking about of creating content that is helpful for people before they even work with her. So that's that's sort of my point is what are you doing For anybody listening, what are you doing to create some level of content and knowledge that people are getting to know you without quite yet getting to know you? Because they want to get to know you on their terms when they're ready before they reach out to you. And that's really what brought Rachel and I together. She watched me on social media through some other clients, I think, and then followed me and then reached out to me and then became a client. And I was like, who is this chick? (laughs) Well, and and everybody likes to do business with somebody they know, like, and trust. You hear that all the time. And so that's one reason that I personally, the the medium that works for me is to create videos because people can see me, they can hear me, they can feel like they get to know me a little bit better through video. You can do that in written word through blogs. You can do that through email marketing, all those things. But it's creating that, that comfort level, as Keith mentioned, of, okay, this person, I like them, I feel like I trust them, they're knowledgeable, and so when I'm ready to pull the trigger, that'll be who I call. Rachel, going to your point that you had earlier about the, um, the books, being a mentor, from a sales perspective, I was just looking over my shoulder at my library back here and um, all the books that are in it, but um, do you have any books on sales that you can recommend that were written by females. All of, I'm thinking about all the books I have over here and all the authors of these books. And I know you're a, you're a reader. Um, I cannot, I'm picking my brain. Maybe that's if there's, 
Um, are we doing this live Facebook live? Maybe somebody out there has some recommendations, but, um, gosh, you know what? I, that's an astounding, that's a staggering <laughs> realization because I l- seriously listen to, I drive a lot. I listen to a lot of audible. I read a lot and I can't say that I have a female sales expert that I, I have a lot of great business experts that I listen to, but not specifically in sales. That off the top of my head, that is. Well, from a like from a book perspective, I'm trying to think of like now Jen Jen Gluckow just came out with a sales book. Hers just launched um, recently, and sadly, I have not read it yet. So I'm just I'm being transparent because I would hate for her to be sad but I'm going to tell her that I haven't read it yet. But it, Jennifer Gluckow, part of the Seller Die Network with Jeffrey Gittimer, um, they both just came out with new sales books. But I'm trying to think in general, I can't think of any women off the top of my, I guess I have okay, to write ladies, Yeah, I guess I have to write in my next book too. And <laughs> Ladies, let's get on this. <laughs> but uh, such a, That's such a fascinating, like, wow. Yeah. Because I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of, oh, wow. Now I have to go research that. Okay, so that's yeah, a new topic. Yeah, clearly. Shame on us. Well, no, not shame on us, but it's like I, I can't, maybe there's something out there and I just can't remember. Well, that just goes back to a previous podcast where we discussed that really women entering into the business side of the workforce, you know, traditionally back in before women's rights and the burning bras and all that stuff happened women were it was cool for you to be a receptionist or a nurse you know and it's it's only really Mm -hmm. been in the last couple of decades that women have really started taking over and we cited some statistics about how many female ceos there are and it's just it's taken a little bit longer for women to infiltrate to penetrate <laughs> into <laughs> the sales force and and it just it traditionally it's been a man's world and it you know it's getting better and better as women get the confidence that's needed to to be out there and i mean i think it's getting better you know it's it it's interesting and this could be a whole nother episode or topic I was having a conversation with someone yesterday about this podcast and you know how it's this mashup of life hack, business hack, women in sales and how there was a need for it and we've heard that there's a need for women in sales to do this type of podcast and that person said to me, what do you mean there's no women in sales? I'm like, well, there's it's not nearly what men in sales, like the percentage of men in sales versus women in sales and like this person, a male, challenged me to like go find some statistics on it to prove that there are more men in sales than women in sales. I would, I would, yeah, argue the point just a little bit um, with that man um, because, but I think you have to look at it by sector. So if you looked at B to C versus B to B, in B to C, I think, especially in retail, there are a lot of female salespeople. Yeah. In real estate, there's a lot mm-hmm. of female salespeople. True. In business yes. to business, okay. there are yeah. not. Um, the ratio, and then if you start getting yeah, into technology versus non-technology, you get into different yeah. um, aspects of it as well. That was brought home to me this this week. I was in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show, and uh, based upon my involvement with this show and, and just the thoughts about, you know, the women in business, you know, I started every line I was in or every line I saw or every group, I started, you know, counting the women versus the men. And it was about, uh, it was about one in 10 people maybe, uh, were female. Um, most of the female roles represented were sales roles. So, um, I think it's growing, but I, I, yeah, there's a lot of women in sales. There's not a lot of women in business to business sales, and most mm-hmm. most sales positions women are in are more direct at the consumer level. Well, I think about the hotel industry. We do a lot of training in that space, and in hotel group sales, mm-hmm. these are the the salespeople who are 
trying to get room blocks booked and conferences booked and, you know, something like a consumer electronics show, like who's going to be getting space. That has all, like everyone I work with, it's been primarily women in that space. So I think you're right there. It's, it's depends on sector. It depends on the sector and depends upon who the buyers are. I think there's, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of power, True. and maybe a, a, a topic for a different podcast. But you know, there's a lot of power in in you know what I would I don't know what the right term is here. Is it cross gender selling? Um. <laughs> I don't think that's the right term. Uh, I think I understand uh, right, what you're because, saying. You know, using the power <laughs> of your careful. gender in the uh, in the sales process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I think it's it's um it's actually time for us to wrap up this episode. Are there any parting thoughts or words that either one of you have for our listeners today on and this was on mentorship and coaching in life and in business, especially sales? My thoughts would be if you do not have a mentor or a coach to reflect back on what Keith mentioned that would you like someone more to guide you or would you like someone to tell you what to do if you're not where you are, where you want to be in business? Because having a, a mentor and or having a coach is really going to help you. I, I can't say enough about how how much it's helped me to have a coach and a mentor in life always, in business and in life. And just to echo that, surround yourself with mentors and coaches. And on the flip side, something we didn't really talk about was how can you be a mentor or a coach to somebody else? There's so much Mm. power gained and and benefit gained from doing that. And my final thought on that is when you're in the selling process with your buyers to just really make sure that you understand where your buyers are coming from and where they're at. And should you be mentoring them or coaching them through the process of the sale? So that's my two cents. It's time to wrap up um, the pivotal. Of the no, the pit stop. Where the pit are leader. you? It's what? women. Are you mother hungry? Orange. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I am hungry. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it is time to wrap up. I think having seen Keith in front of me, it made me think of a different podcast. Um, so it is time for us to wrap up uh, this episode of Women Your Mother Warned You About to connect with me, Gina Tremarco, directly or Pivot 10 Results or Carolina Improv. You can go to GinaTremarco.com and... Uh, Keith, if people want to reach out to you, what is the best way to probably the easiest way is through LinkedIn, but you know, you can go to the women, your mother warns you about.com website and find me there on the, uh, about us page, but it gets to my one and only social media presence, <laughs> LinkedIn. <laughs> do, that's all we need. It's real easy to, it's real. Keith is real easy to get to. <laughs> <laughs> in many ways <laughs> Keith is real easy and Rachel you give can us find your me info. all over social media as Rachel on real estate and you can find me also at theclosingcurve.com plus find all of our social media links Keith's only being LinkedIn and free downloads on our website <laughs> womenyourmotherwardsyouabout.com and hey Please give us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. We prefer iTunes, I think, because we have a lot of that's that's where most of the reviews go. So if you could do that, that would be super helpful to this growing and amazing podcast. So go to iTunes, rating, review, download, share it, all of that. And remember, for the best relationships, you want to keep it real, raw and relevant. And a little irreverence doesn't hurt either. No. Bye, Bye, Warners. Bye, Keith. Bye, ladies. This really will get serious soon. Yeah, don't. It doesn't have to. I don't think anybody wants it to be serious. This has been a presentation of the Seller Die Network. For more podcasts that you can take out into the street and turn into money, visit SellerDieNetwork.com.